You're listening to Fan Holes, a podcast for fans by the fans. Secret Brothers. I have clinical. You guys are like wasting my time right now. Hey, baby. What's <laughs> going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those that? I need one. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I didn't invent honorable mentions, mister. <laughs> I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. I'm a woman! <laughs> it is our show. It's called Fan Holes, not, you know, what you guys want. <laughs> <laughs> We do a podcast? What the fuck? Camille! Jared, I have no time for you. I'm listening to Fan Holes, the pop culture podcast made for the fans by the fans. Fan Holes? That sounds like a girl's podcast. Fan Holes is a man's podcast, and I'm a man! Damn you! If it wasn't for you and fan holes, come Everyone's dying, dying to listen to fan holes. Hey guys, welcome back to Fan Holes Podcast, the pop culture podcast for the fans by the fans. And we are going to be doing a really awesome, super cool show for you tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about two different things. Uh, basically, they're both in the realm of film. And uh, we're going to be talking about the live-action Roroni Kenshin film that just got released over in Japan. And then for uh, another uh, topic that we've got, which uh, we haven't done in a while, but we're going to be doing a For the Future topic, and uh, we're going to kind of discuss our thoughts on the newly breaking news that J.J. Abrams is going to be taking over the reins on the Star Wars film franchise. So, uh, you know, I guess that kind of rolls along the lines of, you know, Disney kind of buying the property from George Lucas and them trying to hunt down a new director to sort of spearhead the franchise and then you know maybe we can also talk about the idea that they're going to be having maybe spin-off films or other side films and different things like that as well but uh just so everybody knows who's here tonight uh this is derek derek wc i'm going to be your host for tonight and then uh why don't my fellow fan holes give a shout out so everybody knows who's here tonight Oro? it's mike thunderwing this is Justin Grimlock, Batosai. Drowning yourself in this false sense of justice. A wanderer that doesn't kill. How can Batosai the Manslayer protect people without slaying others? Yeah, Batosai. So yeah, we, we all kind of watched the, the live-action Roroni Kenshin film. And, uh, we you know, we just kind of wanted to give some thoughts on it and everything. Um, you know, this this is sort of recently released. You know, it kind of got released in Japan, and then I guess it's been fan-subbed and stuff. And, you know, I guess all of us couldn't wait to watch it. I know me, myself, I kind of... Uh, I, it's been a long time since I actually sat down and watched the anime or read any manga or anything like that. I, it's probably been almost like 10 or 11 years, but I really... 
I remember enjoying watching it. You know, I, I used to rent it from a video store called Odyssey Video, and you know, we used to rent the VHS tapes actually. You know, of the dubs or the subs or whatever they happen to have. Um, but I, I always found the series to be really entertaining and everything. So when I heard they were doing a live action version, I was kind of really stoked about it. They actually had a premiere up in uh, Los Angeles that I had considered trying to go down to, but uh, I guess it just, you know, the timing of it didn't work out or whatever. And uh, so I missed that, but uh, you know, we all kind of watched it just recently. And um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I guess I'll let you guys have at it, but uh, I I mean, I, I kind of thought it was a pretty great adaptation. I liked it. What did you guys think? Yeah, I thought it was really great. Like, uh, I know, like, some people were kind of complaining that, you know, why didn't they start with, like, you know, the OVAs or whatever, you know, like, all his, like, time in the actual, like, war. But, like, you know, I'd like to point out that, like, that stuff doesn't get covered in, like, the original manga till, like, you know, the very last arc where it's, like, sort of the background material for that arc. So, you know, it's the this movie, like, adapted the first, I don't know, let's say 20 like chapters of the manga and like maybe the first like 10 episodes of the anime. So I thought that was a really good, you know, choice, you know? Yeah. Well, it seems like, I I don't know, somebody who had that kind of criticism seems like they would be the kind of guys who would want to watch Wolverine origins or something. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they want to get to the, the origin of the story right away. Whereas I think the allure to characters like Rurouni Kenshin or even Gasp, you know, Wolverine or Cable or somebody like that is that you don't know everything about them that you're kind of like, hey, what's up with this dude? I want to know a little more about him. And I mean, you get a taste of it in in this film. You know, they give you some some snippets of of who he was before his you know new path and new lifestyle and everything. But you know, there there's still you know questions that you know people might have, you know, yearning, burning desire to see answered, and, you know, maybe they can do some follow-up movies and everything like that. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's like, they they really set it up nicely for, like, a series of movies and stuff, but, like, I don't, like, sometimes the Japanese don't seem so, like, enamored of, like, sequels that, as, like, you know, Western audiences do, so. Yeah. But, you know, they really, like, set it up nicely if they decide to go forward. Well, I think I think a lot of the Japanese adaptations I've seen as of late have been really like great. I mean, they've they've been you know very literal adaptations that have been quite direct. You know, like things like Gantz or uh, you know Death Note or you know things like of that nature. And and I guess the reason why I bring up Death Note is because that ended up being like three movies pretty much. I mean, they did they did the first you know they did two movies that kind of chronicled you know maybe like the 25 chapters of, of the manga and kind of tidied it up without going into, you know, Carnage Round 2 or whatever it was <laughs> in the uh, original manga. And uh, and then they kind of did a prequel thing all about L. So that ended up being like three movies right there. And, you know, so I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they could do other Rurouni Kenshin movies if this actually, you know, made money for them and was popular. I, I, I think, like, one of my... Uh, it was kind of nice because I haven't watched the anime in so long I was kind of like oh I hope I I recognize everybody and I can kind of tell whether this is good or not you know like because I feel like kind of like I hadn't uh, you know like I I, I just felt like I might have needed to brush up on on who everybody was and stuff but I I felt like this was all so well done like the minute I saw 
you know, characters, I knew, you know, exactly who they were supposed to be, you know. So I, I thought the, the show did a, or the film did a pretty good job of, you know, I was like, I was like, am I going to recognize, you know, uh, uh, Sonosuke when he shows up or whatever? And like the minute he showed up, I was like, oh, there he is, you know, like. Yeah, there was, there was no costume shame. Yeah, yeah, not at all. Like, actually, like, my favorite part was when, when she gives him his, his, uh, change of clothes and everything it was like superman wearing his you know costume or something you know like the big scene where she gives him like she's like i hope it's not too flashy you know and he's like oh no no it's fine it's fine you know and when he puts it on i was just like yeah that was that was really cool what do you think Justin? i thought it was really good but um like unlike you guys like my knowledge of ronin kinshin the anime is very limited like i've seen maybe a handful of episodes um one of my old friends was like really obsessed with it for a long time, but like I just never really got into it. I mean, it looked really good, and like the episodes I saw, I enjoyed, but I just never sat down and watched every episode. That's cool. Like, I, I was it. I should say then, was it like accessible for you? Were you like you weren't like lost or anything? Or? No, it, I mean it all like made sense. I'm like, okay, like this guy is obviously evil, and I'm like, why is this guy wearing a mask and why is his face burnt? I was like. Well, he must, you know, be some big guy like in the anime or something like. Some like that's the only thing I think I really like question. I'm like, what's with the guy in the mask? But like, everything else is like really straightforward and like easy to, you know, comprehend. At least, you know, from my point of view, like I wasn't never like confused. Like, okay, what's going on now? Or you know, anything. I, I have to say though, like I guess my one disappointment was like my favorite character in the, in like the anime and the manga is uh, Saito. Or you know the the police chief who like what used to like fight against like Kenshin back in the war, and like you know he has like that famous move uh, the Gatotsu where he just kind of like does that forward stab, and like <laughs> I'm like waiting and I'm waiting and he shows up and I'm like oh he's gonna do it and then like he does it and all he does is like cut a chandelier down and I'm like yeah. oh man <laughs> he really cut you beat the crap out of that chandelier. You know? I, I, I did think that was funny, because I thought, with all the setup for it, I thought they were going to have him, like, sneak around behind the Gatling gun or whatever, you know? Like, but it, 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 I was like, oh, he's just going to do his super move now, and that's, you know, I, I mean, I get it, but, you know, I just, I thought somebody was going to... I thought he was going to, like, maybe go straight through the gun or something, yeah. but I guess that was, yeah, not in the cards. That's but, oh, well. too crazy. Actually, you know, speaking of, of uh, Gatling guns, I, I just wanted to bring up uh, something that I was thinking about while I was watching it. But um, I, I kind of feel like if, if you're new to this, brand new to maybe anime or Roroni Kenshin, and you want to maybe check out the movie or something, like, uh, I, I was kind of thinking of it a lot like Jonah Hex or Firefly or something like that, like in terms of, you know, I guess Kenshin's kind of arc, you know, because you're you're thinking about like these two different eras, and you know it's kind of like an internalized, you know, civil war that was going on in that era, you know, in Japan, you know, w between the two different sides and everything. And so now he's kind of like this, you know, wanderer, but he he's still running around with a sword and carrying stuff and everything like that, and kind of in the same way that you know Jonah Hex still kind of you know wears his gray colors and all that kind of stuff. It's like the the Last Samurai, only with no Tom Cruise. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, something that I like though, um, the actor who was playing Kenshin, uh, Takaru Sato, like 
when they like showed his face with like all of his hair and stuff, I'm like, this guy looks familiar. And when I finally saw him, I saw his face. I'm like, I know him. Um, he played the character Rotro in Common Rider Dino, which is my second favorite Common Rider series. And uh, it was really great to see him in something else again because like I, I read this weird rumor that he had like retired from acting because like he was in Dino, and he was in some of the Dino movies. And then they did, like, these, like, one-off Dino films, and they, like, replaced Rotro with this other guy who was terrible. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, man, that sucks that he didn't come back and, like, he retired. That's weird. So it was really great to see him again. Like, he has such a great range. Like, like Dino is kind of like a mostly comedy, I guess you could say. And, like, the character is always possessed by these weird, like, they're called imagines, but they're, like, it's like a ghost possessed you, and the ghost like has control of your body completely. So like he has this great range of like emotions and expressions, like from like you know being like completely serious and angry, like being completely goofy. So it, like you know if you want to see like more of like that actor like doing like any kind of great like comedy or oddball stuff, like check out Common Rider Dino. Like it, it's really good too. And then does he play does he play a good guy or a bad guy in um in Deno or He's like the main character like he he can turn into Deno. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I know I I I read that uh the uh the like the uh the author of the original manga and stuff was like uh like he said like that was always his choice like to play Kenshin like when when they start when the like subject came up like i guess that was like his top choice to play kenshin so. oh that that's uh, that's really cool then too i think he was really great like the the way you talk about his range and everything i mean that that kind of brings up another comparison that if if people are familiar with anime like i would kind of compare kenshin a lot to uh bash the stampede you know the idea that you know in, in some ways you know when at least when he's first introduced to um uh, what's your name? Um, Kaoru. Yeah, Kaoru. You know, he kind of comes off a little bumbling, you know, like he's trying to play off who he really is and that kind of thing. And, you know, much in the same way when, you know, Bash would show up, you know, he'd be eating his donuts and, you know, kind of everybody would think he's this big goofball. But in actuality, he's so, you know, skilled that he's, you know, accidentally saving people's lives, you know, Clark Kent <laughs> style and all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, so I, I just think that that if, if you like something like Trigun or if you like, you know, things like Jonah Hex or Firefly, that kind of atmosphere of this, you know, I think I think the literal translation of Veroni Kenshin is something about like, you know, romantic samurai warrior or wanderer or something like that. And, and there is a kind of, you know, romance to the whole idea of, you know, a guy who fought on the losing side, but he's still kind of showing the colors, you know, it's like whether it's, you know, whether it's your football team that just lost the Super Bowl and you're still running around in the jersey, or if it's, you know, that you're a brown coat or, you know, you're running around in, in Confederate colors and everything like that, like there's still this kind of, you know, romantic air to that kind of sensibility, I guess. So if you're if you're appreciative of any of those kind of films or genres or that kind of uh, notion, you know, this kind of romantic notion, like this would, I think this is a character that would appeal to to anybody listening that hasn't checked it out yet. I really liked, uh, I think they did a good job of like showcasing like, like or trying to like 
accurately portray like his sword style, like the like the the speed in which he like does things and stuff, like how it's almost like it borders on like like in the anime. Obviously, it seems like he's doing like you know Dragon Ball Z stuff and stuff, but you know more it, they, in the movie they just kind of made it like you know not so unbelievable, but still have that element of like superhuman like stuff. Yeah, well, especially when he's fighting, like, you know, 20 guys at once and stuff. Like, there's definitely yeah. that, that vibe of, of you know, they, they try to set up how that style is designed to combat, you know, many people. And then also when, when he's in, like, I guess the, the thing that I thought was interesting is whenever he went into, like, assassin mode, you know, we're talking about his, you know, acting and his characteristics. It's like he would slowly, like, sort of tilt his head and he'd almost look like he was in this weird kind of like evil trance or something do you know like it was like he kind of it, 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 it was you know to me it's like you know how they always describe how christopher reeve just transformed when he went from uh you know he went from you know kind of hunched over as clark kent and then he sort of stands up straight and then you're like oh damn there's superman you know or whatever and like in this case i think it was almost kind of the reverse where you know you had um you know, the actor basically, you know, kind of standing up straight and kind of being goofy or doing his thing or whatever. But the minute he kind of tilted his head down and he kind of had that like weird, eerie focus, you just kind of knew, oh shit, now he's in, you know, now he's in assassination mode. A tosai mode. Yeah, you know, so I, I thought that was really good as well. Did you like, um, I, I was curious, like the only thing for me that, that if I was going to, you know, kind of harbor any criticism uh, of the pacing is I thought with the supporting cast, like I liked that we got a chance to see everybody, whether it was, you know, Megumi or Kairu or uh, Sinosuke or, um, you know, uh, what's his name? The little kid, the orphan. Yeah, Yahiko. Yeah, Yahiko. You know, it's like, it's cool. They're like, we all got to see everybody and I think everybody got some decent moments and stuff, but it seemed like there was a weird period of like, okay, they brought Megumi over and then she's hanging out with them, and then all of a sudden it's kind of like they're all friends. And, like, I, I yeah. could see, like, like in terms of, in the context of the film, it's like, yeah, you only have, you know, the two hours to tell the story. And I think that part of it, you know, you're supposed to just sort of assume, like, oh, it's been a couple weeks and they've been all hanging out, and, yeah, they are yeah. friends, you know. But I, I could see to maybe, I, I would think maybe to either an outside observer or even just somebody like me, you know, I kind of went, wow, that went by really quickly. Now they're all bosom buddies, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and I, I figure, well, you know, on a TV show or a manga, you know, you've got a lot longer period to sort of establish those ties and relationships and everything. Because, yeah, you know, she is the crux of why they sort of, go out and fight at the end of, of the movie. So like that, you know, seemed to go a little briskly, but I, I understand why the pace was the way it was. You know? Yeah. I was going to say like, like even like Sonosuke, like he, they had to like find a way to get him back into the plot. Like after he had his like first fight with Kenshin kind of right. like where he's just like, Oh, he's like helping like bring all the sick people into the dojo and stuff. But you know, it's like, why we're like, he must've been just hanging around or something. Yeah. Yeah. But, He's, like, in the neighborhood or whatever, but... I, also, I thought it was, like, funny where, like, you know, they go to rescue Megumi, then, like, he, he realizes that, like, uh, what's his face, uh, Janae, the, the the other manslayer, like, has kidnapped Kaoru, and then, like, Henshin's like, man, bitches be getting kidnapped, like, left and right here, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, but... <laughs> 
but you know, it, it was all like basically like I can't fault it for trying to like condense and comfortably like adapt the manga as best as they could. So you know, yeah, no, I I think it was pretty fabulous. I mean, if 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 they uh, you know, I don't know if, if Warner Brothers would ever get off its ass and release this domestically, but if they license it to somebody like you know Tokyo Shock or Media Blasters or whoever you know picks up a lot of those you know, Japanese, uh, you know, live action film labels or whatever, like I would totally pick this up on Blu-ray. Like, I think it was pretty entertaining and, you know, fun to watch. So, yeah, I definitely hope they'll do some sequels or something or yeah, or just at least release it like over here. I I should say one last thing too. Uh, I really like the score. Like I re- there was like this, a distinct, like kind of Kenshin theme, going on like in action scenes and like during the climax and stuff that I really liked. I was really surprised to see that it was like over two hours long because I was like, man, I was like, you know how you're into a movie and it's like nothing else around you is going on? Like I was in the zone watching this. I'm like, man, this is really good. And then like it ended and I was like, what, that was over two hours long? Like it didn't, didn't feel like it at all. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I think I think it was... was I guess when I talk about the pacing, you know, I, I think it's definitely fast-paced, and it, it, it holds your interest the whole time. I mean, there are, there are multiple, you know, fight scenes and battle scenes, and then when, when you're not in the battle mode, you know, you are kind of in this inquisitive mode to kind of figure out, like, well, what is the mystery behind Kenshin, and, you know, who, you know, who, who are these people, and how do they relate to one another, and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I think it was pretty awesome. Like, I think my favorite scene was like his uh, Kenshin's flashback where he was fighting the guy who wouldn't die. Like, I, I love yeah. those flashback sequences and that opening, you know, sequence of the war. Like, those are my probably my two favorite sequences. Like, I love those. Yeah. Have, have you seen the OVAs, Justin? The ones that were like released like as Samurai X, like originally over here. No. I would I would strongly suggest you like seek those out. You'd probably get a big kick out of those. Those are like they it's like his backstory but it's like folded around like actual history and stuff. So hmm. yeah, this sounds interesting. Yeah, I mean I you know, I guess I guess if there's people out there who maybe have just seen the live action movie or maybe haven't seen either, you know, there's uh you know, there's manga you could check out cuz I know some people just like reading the original manga and stuff. I remember my buddy uh, who who is Japanese, like that was one of the first mangas he ever showed me and that was I don't know, that was probably 15, 20 years ago, back when we were in, you know, I don't know, when, whenever the manga first came out in the 90s or something, that was probably when he showed it to me. And, you know, of course, he read Japanese, so he was, you know, he was just showing me, you know, the pictures and stuff. But he also was kind of showing me how, like, all the bad guys, he's like, oh, this guy's, like, totally influenced by Jim Lee and stuff. And I, yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever said that story before, but he was always showing me, like, stuff like, and then I went, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, the Batosai guy has, like, Gambit's little headpiece or whatever. Yeah. You know, yep. and then and then there's like other guys that I, I I forget which villain it is, but I remember there was one guy where you know you looked at his face and his arms and stuff, and he looked a lot like Carnage or Venom or yeah. what have you. You know, so it's, in the manga, the there's like I have all the big like nice like translated official like volumes and stuff, and uh, 
it, they translate all like the uh, author's like notes in between, and yeah, he's he's always going on about like, oh, you know, Toy Biz is releasing like these new X Men figures that I love, you know, and I wish that you know they would be cheaper here in Japan, ah. but you know, I have to import hmm. them. And then he talks about like McFarlane action figures. I guess he was like a big fan of stuff like that. But, like, yeah, like, all the villains, he's like, okay, you, as you can tell, this guy, you know, is, like, Carnage from Spider-Man, and, you know, there's, there's another guy who has, like, lips just like Apocalypse's, and he's like, you know, I got this off my Apocalypse action figure. Yeah, yeah, there's there's, and, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of, like, sort of little nods or swipes or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you know? the, the guy, the other Manslayer, uh, Janae, uh, he's, yeah, he's like, a, I, I stole, like, his, like, face facial design from Gambit and, like, the little headpiece. And, and also, like, in the manga, he has, like, the little black eyes with the red pupils and stuff. Yeah. So. Like, when they when they had all those close-ups of him at the end, I was like, he looks kind of like Gambit. Like, I thought that, but, like, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, he he was definitely inspired by Gambit. So like that's that's something where I remember getting shown that like a long time ago, and then I uh, you know later was when you know maybe like in the you know two thousand one two thousand two is when I started watching the actual anime and everything, and I I pretty much enjoyed you know most of what I saw except for I I may have told this story too but I remember jumping ahead and buying like the last DVD (laughs) because I thought like oh yeah the end of anime is always like that most happening episode and stuff (laughs) and of course it was like some kind of filler and it was like really terrible and everything so I was like I was kind of all disappointed (laughs) instead of adapting the final arc of the manga they just went into filler for like 50 episodes and Kenshin fights people with magic rulers what the hell yeah so I was I was like what is the oh oh you know so yeah basically but um <laughs> did they did they ever did they ever go back and do pull like an Inuyasha or a Full like, Metal Alchemist Brotherhood like they kept saying they were gonna, but now it doesn't look like it's happening. But hmm. yeah, the the final arc of the manga, the uh, the revenge arc, it's called. Um, People have been, like, asking for that to be, like, animated for years, and, like, you know, the best they got was, like, a little, like, piss-poor segment in that, like, uh, uh, what was it called? That reflection OVA, which kind of sucks, that was, like, really melodramatic and stuff, but, uh, yeah, it's too bad, because that's, like, the best, like, that, like, that's like the most concludey conclusion, basically. Like it's none of the, that like filler stuff from the anime. It's like stuff of real, like you know, where there are consequences and stuff. Yeah, well, that that sounds like it'd be something worth uh, worth adapting at some point. You know, that that'd be kind of nice if they did do that. But if not, oh well. You know, I guess like like you're saying, there's there's ways that people can just go ahead and read the uh, the concluded the concluding arc or what have you. Um, uh, so unless anybody has anything else that they want to, you know, kind of chime in about for the live-action Roroni Kenshin, I guess we'll kind of move on to our For the Future topic. For the Future! So I, I guess uh, for our For the Future topic, I guess we were kind of jonesing to uh, discuss a little Star Wars. I mean, I guess we're, we're kind of talking about the whole, you know, J.J. Abrams is... Uh, you know, a pretty uh, well-known director in Hollywood. You know, he's responsible for, you know, uh, certain film franchises. Like, you know, he did uh, Mission Impossible. You know, he's working on, obviously, now, you know, the the fan base for Star Trek, you know, probably loves the guy, you know, because he kind of is the guy who brought 
Star Trek back to, uh, you know, film and public consciousness and made it kind of like a decent money maker again and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, so I guess, you know, it, it seemed like at least when, when I was reading the different articles about it, it seemed like, you know, Disney was courting him among, you know, several other directors to possibly direct this next Star Wars trilogy, I guess, you know, whatever you want to call it, episode seven, eight, and nine, or what have you. Um, and then, and then it seemed like he released this announcement where he was kind of like, yeah, I'd rather just be watching the films like everybody else. And then I think it was like, you know, what, like two weeks later, it was like, okay, never mind, I'm directing them now. Fool you! Know, like that's, you. Yeah, that, that's basically that's basically what it seemed like, you know. So well, here's how the, here's how they convinced me. They drove a dump truck full of money up to my house. <laughs> <laughs> they said they said and 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 they put it next to the Star Trek dump truck full of money, and it was like ten times as big. So <laughs> went with the the, the bigger dump truck. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, this is kind of a for-the-future topic. It's kind of like speculations, hopes, fears, dreams. I mean, I, I don't know what to say about this other than, like, I, I don't want to be on a negative branch because, you know, I, I do kind of have that vibe that, you know, Star Wars is not – it does not have a big heartbeat with me, let's say. You know, like, I, I, I'm not going to say it's completely dead because, you know, I'm I'm still watching the Clone Wars TV show and – you know, I, I you know occasionally I've I've read a Star Wars comic here and there, but not on any kind of regular basis. But you know, I, I think for me it's more kind of like, well, the least effort I have to put into it, the better nowadays. You know, it's like if I can watch you know Clone Wars on TV, then it's no big deal. Like I I tell you one thing, I'm not gonna wait in a big long line for like two weeks and buy. 20 million tickets like I did for Phantom Menace opening and go see it with a, you know, truck full of people or whatever. But, you know, if it comes out and, uh, you know, if they happen to give like Mark Hamill a nod where he's like, you know, old Luke Master Jedi, well, I'd probably be uh, tickled about it. And that's that's kind of my take on it. I don't know if you guys have any hopes or dreams or fears or oh, reservations can I, or anything. Can I ask you something, Derek? Yeah, yeah. What if it's a remake of Star Wars? Oh, you mean like what if they just remake Star Wars? Then I'd probably yeah. not want to watch it. Like if it's a literal remake where like they cast like you know Seth Rogen as Han Solo, I'd probably like vomit <laughs> in my mouth a little bit. You know, like, you know? yeah. I, I'm just kind of hoping it's some other, you know, trilogy of movies or something. You know, like I mean, I, I wouldn't. I, I guess when you say like, is it's like remake how? Like remake like like. I don't know, like, like if it's like Star Trek, then I guess I wouldn't be that adverse to it. Like, something that acknowledged the previous movies. Like, I mean, if it's just like, you know, you know, a bunch of kids that, you know, we don't know about yet, and they become endearing to us, and they blow up, like, the Death Star 72 or something, like, and it has the same basic plot, well then, you know, I'm like, well, what do you expect? But if it's like a literal, like, you know, shot-for-shot shot King Kong, Peter Jackson remake, then I'm probably not not really all that interested in it. Of course, I don't think yeah, that ever, just, like, entered my mind until you said that, but, you know. Yeah, I was, I was like, well, there's, like, rumors that, like, it might just be a complete, like, rebooting of the franchise or something, and, you know, you might have, like, I don't know, like, uh, who do the kids like these days? Uh, you know, uh, like, Ben Savage as Luke Skywalker or something. The kids don't like him these days. <laughs> I think I think you just you just threw Ben in there for yourself, right? <laughs> I was gonna say Fred Savage, but man, yeah. 
I don't know. Well, like, you know what I'm saying, though. We, like, and so not... what, you're going to make uh, Will Friedel Han Solo? Is that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> Is Ryder Strong going to play? <laughs> Darth Feeney. <laughs> it's like, Mr. Matthews? <laughs> or Mr. Matthews? <laughs> I don't know why, how I got on that track, but um, and what I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, what if they just do like Luke Skywalker, but it's you know it's played by some young sexy actor or something, you know? Well, unless it's like you know some really hot broad in the Le- slave Leia bikini, I don't know that I'm that into it, you know. So. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of along the same wavelength as you. Like, I want it to be like in in the same universe. And, you know, it may be in, like, a little, like, ways on, maybe, like, give, yeah, the rest of the old cast some kind of cameo or role, sort of like, you know, Le- uh, Leonard Nimoy was in the Star Trek movie, yeah. basically. Yeah, that's all I'm saying, like, you know, some kind of nod. Yeah. To... You can kind of do, like, a passing the baton kind of, you know, thing, pretty much. So, that's what that's pretty much what I'm hoping. What about you, Justin? Do you have any uh, hopes or fears or anything? Well, they've kind of already, like, stepped on my toes with saying that they're not going to, like, acknowledge or care about, like, extended universe stuff. And, like, I, I was at a party recently, and I ran, into, I ran into a friend of mine. Like, I hadn't seen him in years. And, like, that's the first thing we started talking about was this Star Wars announcement. And he was like, man, he's like, I can't believe they're going to do this. He's like, they're just taking 20 years of, like – you know, Star Wars books and comic books, and they're just flushing it down the toilet. He's like, I just wasted my whole life reading all this stuff. And I was like, <laughs> I can kind of see that. Like, uh, like for me, like, I've kind of, like, got back into reading some of the books. Like, I, I never did finish reading all those, you know, Yuzhavong invasion books, so I've been reading those here lately. And I'm like, you know what? It, it would be neat if they could do something with all that extended stuff but I guess at the same time it's like well we need new Star Wars fans you know like we need to like do something new that's not like related to like the crappy prequels or like you know do something like you know Abrams did with Star Trek you know like do some kind of like reimagining revitalizing or something like I've also read like things online where people are kind of like grumpy that it's Abrams you know they're like oh they're just bringing in the guy from Star Trek but, like, Star Trek fans were kind of irritated with him when the 09 movie came out, like, because he had all these quotes where he was, like, quoted as saying, like, I was never really a big Star Trek fan. I was always into Star Wars. And people people always say, like, all he did to Star Trek was just Star Wars it up, and it made millions of dollars. So, like, I, I don't know. But, like, what, what would I want to see? Like, I would like them to do, like, something set, like, way – way after like episode six like 50 years 100 years or something you know you can have luke be like a force ghost and like teach you know whoever's gonna be the main hero like that like that would be fine with me like i don't really have any interest in seeing like old han and old leia running around like ah yeah yeah you know no no no, that's totally fair like i i am kind of i'm kind of i think i'm right there with you almost you know like I I, um, I guess that kind of reminds me of those Ostrander comics where he had uh, he, it was like um, what, what was his name like Kade Skywalker or something and Luke was like the ghost in the comics and stuff or whatever yeah like oh, you yeah. know those kind of things so like uh, you know but um, I I mean you know it's it, I guess I guess what what uh, what I found interesting was when I went to work 
there was a guy I ran into and he's got some young kids, you know, but they're, they're pretty young. I mean, they're young enough to probably, you know, if they have seen star Wars, they've seen it all on home video or something like that or whatever, you know? And he was excited about the announcement just cause he kind of thought, Oh wow, I'll have like three new star Wars movies to bring my children to, to share it with them, you know? Mm. And I think he was excited about it from that perspective where he's like, Oh, I'll get to share something that I think is kind of cool with my kids or whatever. Like, and, and so I, I, you know, and I guess I never thought of it from that perspective, but I thought it was an interesting perspective, you know, like where it was just like, you know, that, 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 that kind of fandom might be passed on to a new generation of, you know, young people and, and that kind of stuff. And I guess that's what they want. You know, they want to create a new fan base, you know, once all these other guys who have been reading expanded universe novels all fucking die or whatever, you know, they, they want somebody else to buy all their other fucking plastic crap and stuff. So too short for a stormtrooper. Huh? Oh, the uniform. I'm JJ Abrams. I'm here to rescue you. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I guess, and then just speaking to that expanded universe thing, like, I don't know, to me, it's kind of like, even when the, the Star Trek fans were crying about their rebooted universe, I always loved that, whatever that webcomic was, or that, that little thing where it said, uh, hello, like, we're comic book fans, like, we've been doing this since, like, Crisis 1985, like, <laughs> fuck you all, you know, like, basically, like, we totally know how this goes, you know, and and in that sense, it's like, you know, I don't know. To me, I'm kind of like, it's no big deal. It's like, I'm kind of in the camp now where I'm like, you know, those old comics, those old expanded universe novels, those, you know, what, whatever it is that you loved about the continuation of the stories, like, you didn't waste your life. Like, they, those stories didn't go anywhere. They don't fucking, it's not like the anti-monitor comes up after the <laughs> freaking Abram movies come out and he just starts wiping it all away with a, a white wave of light and then you never can have it again. It's like, you can still enjoy them like it doesn't matter that you know like oh no like to me i mean like like that's kind of like i guess coming from the the school of you know fuck you alien 3 i'm going with the comic books or whatever <laughs> even though they don't make any you know even though they had to change them to like you know groot and glicks instead of newton hicks or whatever they did but like i'm just kind of like i like those dark horse comics way better than i did alien 3 you know what i mean so it's like to me it's almost like you know, to me, Alien 3 is not canon. So it's like, if you don't like these new movies compared to your expanded universe, you just make those non-canon in your head. Like, don't, don't chill, you know, chill out and don't stress about it. You know, like, that's, that's kind of my, my attitude about it. The only thing that annoys me is like, you know, it's like, you don't have to worry about like the expanded universe stuff. Just don't like, you know, don't reference it or, you know, don't, you know, if it it sometimes it seems to me it's like they're not saying like we don't want to bother with that it's like they're saying we could bother with that but we don't want to do the research or whatever you know basically right, right. It's like we, we don't want to create work for ourselves so. well but 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 the, what justin said i think is valid too i mean i i suppose if you get really like anal retentive about it you'd have to go like 500 years into the future or something or whatever but what what whatever you do i mean as long as you go far enough into the future that, that it doesn't contradict everything, then you could just have your own, you know, like basically what Justin was saying, you know, you can have your own little corner of the Star Trek universe that doesn't really interfere with anything else, you know? And it's not like that there has to be Jedis in it or anything either. There's a whole, like, friggin', 
you know, galaxy of, like, different aliens and different, like, you know, interesting things that you could explore. Well, but that, I guess that's what, like, some expanded universe people were freaking out about even more because there was some reference to the idea that besides just doing another trilogy of movies that they would have other films related to Star Wars. So it would be like, you know, like, say they came out with a trilogy of films you know, based on, you know, these young new Jedis who are like the great granddaughters of Luke Skywalker or something, right? Like, say that's the concept or whatever, and they go with it. Well, they do those three movies, but in between there, it's like, you know, uh, uh, Jango Fett Jr.'s New Adventures or something, and that's a totally separate (laughs) movie that stars, like, Jason Statham or something, where he runs around and kicks the shit out of... Oh, Jango Fett. Yeah, he he runs around and kicks the shit out of, you know, gloop gloop aliens and does whatever, you know, like, but it's still branded, you know, Star Wars, you know, Jango Fett's excellent adventure or whatever, you know? <laughs> and so like there, there's that aspect to, to this, I guess, licensing as well, or, or property hand change. I, I think the current rumors is like a Yoda standalone movie. And then like adventures of like young Han Solo and young Boba Fett. Like, like what do you guys think of those ideas? Uh, if it's CGI Yoda, I don't want to see it. <laughs> Oh, uh, come on. So, so no. Um, I also don't want to see Yoda getting, like, talked down to either. Like, because imagine, imagine it, the adventures of, like, Yoda back when he was, like, a, a young and virile Jedi. Can you just imagine the gloop-gloop asshole aliens we're going to have to see talk to Yoda and be like, bloop, bloop, bloop. And it's like the transition's like, Yoda, you're so brash and, and uh, wild <laughs> with your spinny Sonic shit. Like, you gotta tone it down, <laughs> man. You know? And Yoda's like, oh, I totally want to, like, uh, you know, beat up not, you know? not my parents, you are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do what I say, I will. You know, like, you know, like, or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't have any desire to see the Yoda dynamic turned on its head any more than it has been with the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog shit. But I know a lot of people thought that that scene was like the greatest scene ever in episode two. So if you want to see more spinny Sonic Yoda, then maybe, you know, maybe there are people out there who would be excited for for that kind of thing. Uh, I, I guess I, I, I don't know that I, I have anything against the adventures of like young, uh, young Han Solo or anything. I mean, I, I would be kind of interested depending on how they go with it. I mean, it seemed like like if they did something like that, you would have to reference like expanded universe stuff at least to just, you know, have all these non-creative people like have their work done for them. Do you know what I mean? It seems like there's there's stories there that are already sort of established, you know, like how he met Chewbacca and, you know, those kind of concepts, you know, maybe how he lost or how he won the Millennium Falcon from Lando, you know, things like that that you would probably want to throw into either a film series or or, or some kind of young Indiana Jones TV series or something, you know, if you're going to... Wait, that. wait, wait, so does this mean that young Han Solo would be played by Shia LaBeouf? Uh, <laughs> it just made you shudder, didn't it? I'm going to cut myself... <laughs> So young Han Solo can go swinging from vines and stuff. <laughs> no, no. About that, yeah. with Chewbacca no. or whatever. Hasn't hasn't Harrison Ford procreated and made like nepotismistic 
children that he can hire to play himself now? Like, doesn't, doesn't, it wasn't, didn't like one of his sons like play him in Blade Runner? Like, why can't they like hire one of them? Like, at least it would look more like Harrison Ford. Oh, man. I've made myself sad. Uh, I, I was gonna say I wouldn't like object to like spinoff movies and stuff, but yeah, I, I kind of share your like trepidation that you know, like a Yoda movie especially. Like, I mean, you know, it, it probably is gonna be like a CGI Yoda. I mean, I don't. I it would be awesome if they did like a puppet Yoda, but or some made some kind of practical like Yoda, but. Uh, you know, it, it's probably going to have to be a CGI one. I just want more Ewok movies. Yeah, I would. I would actually like to see the continuing adventures of Sindel. You know, Sindel, <laughs> and uh, you know, she can grow up to be like uh, Charlize Theron or something, and like uh, she can fly around in like spaceships with Wicket, and like they could get into adventures and shit, and then like Wilford. Well, Wilford Brimley's like consciousness can be like implanted into their computer, so it can come on and be like Quaker Oats, Warp Seven, or whatever. You know, <laughs> it's really the cool. right thing to do. I, I think it would be cool. Why aren't you moving, Wilford Brimley bot? I have diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> It hurts when I pee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, send, send your angry emails to fanholspodcast at gmail.com. Nice. And now it, ha- it has to be called Brimley Bot now. Brimley Bot? Nice. <laughs> See, I, I don't know. I, I personally, that that I know we've just talked about all the various possibilities, but I'm most excited about the continuing adventures of Sindel with uh, Brimley Bot and Wicket, you know? <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward to. I, I know no one else is, but I am. So. I just hope they stop with the Clone Wars. Enough of the Clone Wars cartoon. Yeah, I know. I mean, how much how much can happen in that two-year period, you know? It's starting to get, like, you know... Well, it, it has been, like, for years now. It's like, you know, wow, you know, maybe they should have said, like, the Clone Wars went on for, like, five years or ten years or something. What... Well, weren't there ten years in between episode one and episode three? I don't know. Uh, yeah, but I, I th- I'm pretty sure they said like the Clone Wars or someone I read somewhere that it's two years in between episode two and episode three. So oh, I thought it was like ten years because he had to get rid of his little Jedi braided hair and I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I, I, remember I think you're right, that. Mike. It's either two or three years. Oh, okay. Man, it really doesn't, like, you know, they they have so much material in between those years that it's like, you know, how could this possibly, you know, happen? Just um, give Snips her own live-action movie, and she can be played by, um, um, what's-her-face? Tara Strong. I was going to say, she can be played by what's-her-face from Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, and Firefly. Oh, shit. Summer Summer Cloud. That's exciting. (laughs) Yeah, I'd go see us. I'd go see that. You hear that, Snips, Disney? The movie. Yeah, Disney. You hear that? You cast uh, uh, Summer Glau right fucking now. Actually, <laughs> like, like if Summer Glau was in any other Star Wars, like, next trilogy, that would, like, just excite me as much as when I heard Natalie Portman was in the prequels. Like, probably. <laughs> 
but you know, not for like you know Star Wars reasons. It would just excite me. Period. For, no, but for for, 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 for manly reason. man reasons. You know, pervy reasons. For manly man reasons. <laughs> Too bad, like in Episode Three, uh, uh, like Palpatine was didn't like tell Anakin and was like did I tell you about that time I made Darth Maul cry like a bitch <laughs> it was most amusing when he's like have mercy have mercy it was great I killed his brother and then made him cry like a bitch right in front of me you should do it you have to do it in like the fucking robot chicken voice where he's like Vader Vader or whatever he's like I made him cry like a bitch and Anakin's like, wow, that's way better than Obi-Wan's owning Maul story. You know? He only cut him in half, but you made him cry, have mercy, have mercy. <laughs> it, may, uh, it may spur further debate over whether wrinkly old Palpatine can own, uh, you know, Spider-Man or whatever <laughs> sense people like to talk about on the message boards. Can Goku beat Emperor Palpatine? Send us send us emails. Can Goku beat up Emperor Palpatine and why? Or or would Goku be crying? You know, <laughs> by the end of it, like you know, let us know. And also uh, tell us if your like screen name is Star Wars biggest fan two K five seven two, or if your screen name is Goku is the Shiznit three five seven five three as your screen name. So just so we know where who, who who's coming from where. Definitely. I I think it would be neat if they had like somebody like um like Madhouse to do like a Star Wars like twelve episode anime series like Yeah, yeah. Did you did you see that thing I posted? The TIE Fighter thing? Yeah, the TIE Fighter yeah. thing. That was pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Like that I agree with you. That would be kinda interesting to see as some kind of, you know, side project or whatever. You know, like whether it's you know, something set in the the you know the current movie day or or if it's just some new project with you know the same kind of you know spirit or what have you you know yeah I've always kind of wanted to see either like an anime or a traditionally like kind of animated like Star Wars like cartoon what like are you talking isn't, about I know about <laughs> droids and Ewoks okay but I mean like a you know something cool damn it. What? What? <laughs> no, I'm okay. That's all right. Um, what, he, he, dude? Mohawk dude is so cool. He has a mohawk, and he's fucking. He's got red hair, and he has a lightsaber. And I don't know what you guys are talking about. You're all crazy. George, uh, what's his nuts? Dad is totally cool, or whatever his name is. <laughs> awesome. Um, and the closest I got was Clone Wars, the first, the Tartar Soskies one. Yep. But, what about oh, well. um, what about this announcement that they're gonna make uh, <laughs> six, six inch uh, Star Wars action figures? Do you do you have any thoughts about that? Like anything you want to say about that? Like they'll probably all be like sold in the Disney store or something like next to Star Tours or whatever. I want them. Yeah, I know. And I, I, I haven't that's... bought any Star Wars toys since two thousand and eight. Yeah, I'm kind of done. I mean, I sold pretty much like everything so i mean even my old vintage stuff now so i kind of sold it all off i don't know that i i care or not like you know i guess it depends on what guys they release or if i even even want to delve into that 
rabbit hole at all, but I was curious what your guys' thoughts were. I mean, because it seemed like they, they had that photo of, like, the Luke in his X-Wing gear. I mean, it looked pretty cool. I mean, I you know, I won't, I won't, I won't deny that. It did look cool. Yeah, I was, like, thinking if, like, the Star Wars, if my, I, I was thinking, like, Star Wars figures that can, like, pal around with, like, Marvel Legends, I'm like, oh, that's awesome, so. You want, you want uh, Darth Vader to hang out with Doctor Strange and Galactic yeah. and stuff, you know? Yeah, or Doctor Doom, even, like, I, I was thinking, like, Dar- Doctor Doom and Darth Vader, like, standing next they, to each they other. They can play chess and stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. Nice. And, like, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind, like, a Vader or a... Uh, like uh, Boba Fett, or like even like General Grievous, like in that scale. He needs a uh, he needs a uh, smoker's cough, laughing action. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like him. I know I probably shouldn't, but I just I like the way he's designed. Yeah, like I like General Grievous's like physical looks and like like I told you guys back in like a Star Wars show where I read all the comics and I read saw him on Clone Wars and I was like oh man exactly. he's gonna be awesome exactly. like in the movie Badass. yeah yeah he's gonna be totally awesome and then no <laughs> or before he started twirling his uh, non-existent nano mustache like yeah <laughs> yeah it's like I'm going to burn down the orphanage <laughs> <laughs> yes all right. Well, I mean, I guess uh, unless anybody has anything else they want to, uh, you know, talk about for the uh, foreseeable future with Star Wars. I mean, what, what do you what do you think this holds for? Like, do you think that Dark Horse is going to have to stop publication of Star Wars comics? Like, do you think Marvel is going to start publishing Star Wars comics because of this? Like, I don't know. I've, I've seen people speculate about that, like on CBR. Like, I like I haven't heard anything definite either way. But like, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think I, I think they got like an official statement from like Dark Horse's like president, and like his official comment was like, "We're worried," <laughs> but and that's about it. But yeah, I was just gonna say that that uh, our good friend and uh, listener fan uh, Tom Spielman, like he had been recommending to me to check out the new you know Dark Horse Star Wars comic that was written by John Ostrander. Um, and I, I like a lot of John Ostrander's stuff from, like, you know, DC and Marvel, like some of his past comic books. So I had been contemplating going ahead and checking out that new Star Wars book. But I did kind of say to him what, what I had said to you guys. I was like, oh, I don't know how much longer that's going to last if if uh, Marvel, you know, ends up starting to publish, you know, Star Wars comics based on the whole connection with Disney, you know. So I don't know how that, you know, when their license, you know, basically runs out or, or how that works so, so yeah maybe like when their license runs out they'll just choose not to renew it with them or yeah whatever. yeah i don't i don't know exactly how that works but that's that's what i'm guessing may happen you know so you know that that may be a case where you know you're enjoying something that's currently being published and then all of a sudden it just kind of stops so so that i could see happening uh, That's pretty much what happened with uh, Angel, I think. Like when IDW's license with that ran out, like Dark Horse, Dark Horse uh, snatched it up. So yeah, hmm. so yeah. So I mean, I guess that's kind of, uh, I guess that's kind of some some random ramblings and thoughts about the uh, the future uh, status of the uh, Star Wars properties. Um, yeah, I mean, if if you guys have any thoughts about it, you know, you fans at home, 
you know that that we haven't talked about or something that you want to mention to us, uh, you can always uh, email us at fanholspodcast at gmail dot com and, and let us know your thoughts. Have mercy, uh, please, please. There is no mercy. Um, but I guess I guess that kind of wraps up everything for tonight. Um, we'll just go into. Uh, our uh, awesome things of the week. That's our regular segment where we like to just kind of talk about some recommendations of things that we either bought or saw or watched or something like that. That was, uh, that was pretty cool in our book. So uh, I guess I'll go ahead and, and start off with Justin. So uh, what's going on, Justin? What, what kind of awesome things do you have for us this week? Um, I've been uh, watching uh, a lot of Gundam for a, future Gundam show that we're planning and I'm currently enjoying Zeta Gundam um, I'm on episode 27 or 28 so I you know I still have like half the series left to watch but like it's, it's been really good so far like I've really liked Camille and I really like like things they've done with like the characters from the original series you know they brought them back and you know like even if it's just for like a few episodes or what like I've, I've really enjoyed it so far and the animation is really great. It's like I, I sat down and watched um, the original Gundam. Like I watched it on Cartoon Network, but I never did finish it out. Like I never did watch that New Year's Evil thing that you guys talked about. So I sat down and watched it from beginning to end. It's like it's a, a big difference in animation quality going from like you know the OG Gundam to Zeta. I'm just like wow, like this is great. <laughs> Well, basically, you're going from like you know the the late '70s to like 1985. So basically, you're going from you yeah. know kind of like old school Lupin animation to like you know Robotech animation. Basically, like that's about almost like five or eight years jump. So yeah, I that when I first watched Zeta, I was kind of impressed with that too because I was kind of like, man, I wonder how like you know how old this animation's going to look. But I was like, oh, this isn't so bad at all. And not that I'm saying it's bad, but I'm just saying I was kind of expecting it to be, like, dated looking, Yeah, I guess. like, that's kind of what I was expecting, too. But I also think it's, like, the only thing that, like, dates it to the 80s is the way, like, you know, Char is designed, where he's got, like, his big glasses and his cut-off, like, <laughs> sleeves on his uniform. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, he's totally 80s it up, and, you know, Char, you devil. You know, and then when he goes to get uh, the bear from the vending machine, you know, and it's spelt all wrong, you know, because <laughs> he is a char. He wants some beer, but he goes to the bear machine or whatever, you know, things like that. But, You've uh, never drank a bear, Derek? No, I've never drank a bear. I don't even know, I didn't even know that there was bear in vending machines, you know? <laughs> I had no idea, you know? Yeah, I know. You gotta go. Going you gotta to go space, to the, right? The, yeah, you gotta go to the Argama. Nice. They have beer vending machines. Yeah. That's why. That's why I was like, dude, man, space is awesome. You know, You've got beer vending machines that are spelled bear. Yeah. So. Yeah, we'll we'll end up talking more about this like on our Gundam show. But Sweet. That's my awesome thing. Cool. Cool. What about you, Mike? You got anything awesome for us this week? I got a couple things. Um. First of all, I like right before I came on with you guys, I finished watching the movie The Raid, um, which is I, as I, I wasn't sure if it was like co- Korean or or Chinese or what, but it, it turns out it's Indonesian. But uh, it, it was a movie released in uh, 2011. Uh, basically, it was it was it was released. Um, 
in the U.S. and around the time Dread was released, and basically it has, like, the same plot, where it's basically, like, this SWAT team starts at the bottom of a building and goes, like, all the way up to the top where they have to, like, Cat, like find this criminal and like bring him to justice and stuff and you know it all obviously it all goes horribly wrong and they all die and then you know the main character and like some other guys survive and they make their way up to the top and I really enjoyed it it was a really good movie like really good action movie and uh, a lot a lot of uh, violence and gore and you know where you're like ooh you know and ow ooh you know they I never you know whatever you know it's just for an action junkie or whatever it was it was it was really nice um and then the other thing i wanted to uh bring up was uh i got uh udon's first hardcover of uh their new like street fighter series i guess instead of comics now they're just gonna like do like hardcover graphic novels for like to continue their street fighter like continuity and uh i got the first one and i really enjoyed it and it's about i guess it's about like three issues worth of like main story content and then like if if anyone's familiar with like udon's like street fighter comics they all have like backup stories and stuff and there's like a half dozen of those like also mixed in between the main story so those are always good and then there's a whole load of like sketch work at the in, at the end and like design work that i thought was really nice so you know for a hardcover like exclusive like comic story it was pretty good and i'm glad like Udon's like continuing like this continuity because it's one of those really like good like you know sort of like the 2K3 Ninja Turtles series where they like mix in a like lot of good stuff from like all versions of Street Fighter or like a, a certain like you know franchise like in, into one like big melting pot and you know make it all make sense and make it cool so I really dig like Udon Street Fighter continuity so I'm 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 happy with it and I'm I'm I'm, I'm waiting to see like the uh there's like a an ad in the back of it for like the next volume of it and then there's going to be another hardcover called um Akuma Origin which is going to be like Akuma's Origin so I don't know when that's going to be released. They both just say, like, 2013, so we don't have to, like, commit to any, like, specific date, you know. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to both of those. So, so I was just going to ask you about that. The, the, so basically, like, if you've been reading Udon's Street Fighter comic book series, then the the hardcover kind of continues that, basically? or Yes. Okay. It's, it's basically, instead of doing, like, a six-issue, another, like, six-issue, like, miniseries, they just decided, let's just chop it up into two hardcover, like, graphic novels, okay. basically. Okay, I see. All right. No, that sounds that sounds cool. I guess, uh, uh, for me, uh, I just was going to mention that uh, I sort of bid on this really nice, uh, you know, cherry set of uh, superpowers toys, and since I've been getting back into the DCUC classics... Um, I kind of sold off all my superpower stuff, most of it anyway, and uh, I kind of was, you know, looking around, and, and I found this really, really nice set, and um, I got it in the mail maybe like a week ago or whatever, but I didn't have a chance to bring it up on the last show, um, but man, all the figures look like in really, really nice condition, so I'm really, you know, I, I, I didn't, I kind of expected, like, if I was going to get anything loose that was from, like, the 1980s, that it would, you know, not look so great, but... Uh, you know, I guess the guy took a lot of good care of the figures 
and everything. And um, it's nice just to, I mean, basically, like, you know, except for the vehicles, I mean, I basically have, like, the whole set of superpowers toys now. And, and that's always been a series that has been, you know, sort of near and dear to my heart or, you know, toy line or whatever. So I'm kind of glad that I have that now. So so that's my awesome thing of the week. So I guess that pretty much wraps up the show for tonight. Um, again, like we said, um, you know, you can find us on uh, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you can send us, you know, fanholspodcast, gmail.com, any emails. You know, if you've got any comments on, uh, you know, the podcast tonight, uh, tell us what you think. Um, also, you know, if you have anything, any other extra, uh, you know, comments you want to make on J.J. Uh, Abrams on Star Wars, you know, are you a Star Trek fan and you're all pissed off about it? Are you a Star Wars fan and you think it's the greatest thing ever? Like, just let us know. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much it. Uh, again, thanks to everybody who's been listening to the podcast and supporting us. And uh, thanks for all the likes on Facebook and everything. And people who are listening and watching on Blip TV, we appreciate, uh, you know, all the, uh, you know, feedback and listening that, uh, that goes on. And uh, so uh, this is Derek, Derek WC, signing off for tonight. It's Mike Thunderwing. Justin Kubok. Peace. Justin, you are a char. Let <laughs> me drink my bear. Something, something. Damn it! You keep saying like one word, and it sounds like perfectly fine, but then when you go on, it like keeps going worse and worse. Okay, hang on, I'm gonna stop.